Hey, good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here. We are in week three of this series called Questions Jesus Asked, and it's a uh, part two of a series, not really, but kind of. We, we did the series last year, and we, we liked it so much that we had more questions, and so we did it again. And so what we've been telling everybody, if you've been here, you can hear it again, that Jesus was this incredible question asker that he asked these questions, uh, really like potent questions. Sometimes it seemed ridiculous. Some of them were in your face. Some of them were very subtle. But Jesus would ask these questions, and the whole point of him asking questions was, wasn't that he didn't know the answer. The whole point was that he wanted to transform the life of the person that he was talking to. And so we've been going through some of the questions, and, and I absolutely love the question today. I love the question. So here's the question of the day. How much bread do you have? So let me see what I'm working with here. How many of you love bread? We got any bread lovers here? Thank you. You're my people. The rest of you, we're going to baptize you again. So anyway, so anyway, we're going to play a little game, play a little game. Um, but before we do, what are the five best words you hear at Longhorns? Do you want some bread? That's right. Or you want more bread? Thank you. We got some, you are my people. First service was like, huh, what? All right, here we go. We're going to play a game. I'm going to, I'm going to name some breads. If you like the bread, then you do like that. If you don't like the bread, you do like that. Everybody with me? Let's try. All right. You got to play or we preach long. Okay. So anyway, so anyway, all right. So if you don't like it and if like, if this is a bread your wife makes and you don't like it, now's your time to subtly tell her anyway. All right. Banana bread. All right. Okay. Pumpkin bread. We got some, we got some, <laughs> that's good. I saw the immediate down. All right. All right. Rye bread. Pumpernickel. People in Portadale, that's a bread, y'all. If you're from Portadale. <laughs> Sourdough. Ooh. Zucchini bread. Don't hurt anybody's feelings, okay? All right. Wheat over white. White over wheat. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. And if you don't do the thumbs up on this, then we really are going to have a prayer service, all right? King's Hawaiian Rolls. They're expensive, but man, those things are so good. All right, here's the background of the question. Jesus has come onto the scene, and he, if you would think about it as being like a, a superstar athlete or a rock star or a movie star, something like that. Jesus come on the scene and he's kind of got like rock star status that when he comes around, man, crowds are coming. They're coming from there. He's just drawing a crowd wherever he goes. And there's some reasons for this. One, he's a great teacher. But the other reasons are is that he can work miracles and he casts out demons. He's doing these, these supernatural things like that. So it, you would, if you would just picture that if Jesus were to come to the square of, of Newton County or Jasper County or whatever, and, and that was really happening, like people really were legitimately being healed and that he was this incredible teacher and he was those things, or he had the ability to cast out demons, that that would immediately draw a crowd. That people, whether you believed in, in, in God, whether you believed that Jesus was the Son of God or not, you would immediately be drawn that because you'd want to see if it was real. So that's what was happening to Jesus. Like crowds are coming around. There's stories where it says that people were pressed in on him so much that he couldn't move. And one story says that he wanted to teach and there was the crowds were crowding around. So he had to get in a boat and go out into the water just so he'd be able to teach. And so that's what's going on. And so Jesus gives the same ability to do these things to his disciples. 
He gives the same ability to do these things to his disciples. And so he gives an ability to cast out demons and to heal. And so they're going out to all these different places and they're doing these things. And here's the thing, they are just wore out. They are wore out. They have been, they, they're, they're healing people. You imagine just people coming. Think if that happened on the square, people would be coming from Newton County, emptying out the hospitals, hospice centers, all these places, bringing people just in, man, for the hope that this could be legit. Or people with all kinds of issues and uh, de- demonic oppression, bringing, bringing them to Jesus. And so he's sending his disciples out and they're doing all these things and they are wore out. That is the background behind what's going on in the story. The question of the day is, how much bread do you have? But the real question behind that is Jesus asking this, what do you have? What do you have? And so we're going to read the background of the story, and then I'm going to jump in and just just make four points of the day's message. And the message is about the feeding of the 5,000. One of the few miracles that is in all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of the Gospels, and one of Jesus' most famous miracles that he does. So here we go. Here's the background. See, everything I just told you, the apostles return to Jesus from their ministry tour. I like how they call it ministry tour, just like I said. So anyway, and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while because they're wore out. They are tired. They're just simply wore out of just doing ministry. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. There's so much going on that they don't even have, these guys don't even have time to eat. They're meeting people's needs and they don't even have time to eat because so much is going on. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. Now, in those days, when you travel by boat, a lot of times you didn't get very far from the shore because people were scared of the water. So you kind of stayed a distance from the shore. So many people saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran along the shore and got there ahead of them. Like they'd be sitting there. Can you imagine just the crowds running, running? Like just That's what was going on there. And that's the background of the story that they're just tired. Now, first thing is this, is that meeting needs rarely takes place at an opportune time for us. Now, here's the truth. I think we all want to help people. We all want to meet needs of people that we would love if, if someone was really in a bind, if someone was really in a jam, that we would love to help that person. We would. We would love that. And, and, but we think to ourselves, I'm just busy. You, know, you ever thought that? I'm just too busy, too busy. And so we want to help people and we got this tension in our life. And here's why I want you to see in this first point from the scripture is that meeting needs rarely happens at a time that's opportune for us. Now, here's what I want you to see is that if you're waiting for a time to where you have nothing going on and then you're going to start helping people, guess what? You're never going to help people because you're never going to have a time where you don't have anything going on. We think to ourselves, I'll do it another time. I'll do it sometime later. I'll do it when my schedule's less full. I'll do it when I'm less busy. I'll do it when there's, when there's some, uh, some margin, when I've got more margin. We love to use words like that, margin. It sounds really spiritual. When I've got more margin. But look at this scripture right here. These people are running to Jesus, and it says late, they, they catch up to Jesus. Jesus begun, begins teaching them. It says late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Now, already getting late. It's after 3 o'clock. The day's about to wind down. And they're like, hey, Jesus, we need to send these people away because they're tired. 
Like they've been whipped. They don't, they don't, they, they can't think of anything else to do so they can go to the nearby towns and villages to buy something to eat. Now, here's the thing about me. I only work one day a week, but it's a tough day, y'all. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a tough day and it's a tough gig. Not anybody can do this. So I work one day a week. I'm just kidding. But Sundays, man, I'm tired. You ever, you ever tired on Sunday? How many of you take a nap on Sunday? You're all lazy. I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot happens on Sunday. A lot happens in your job. I want to tell you a little bit about Sunday. Sunday, I get through preaching. I'm just tired. I'm tired. And sometimes I just want to go home. Preach the second service, get done, feel like, whew, you know, maybe it's a great day. Maybe it's not as good as I want it to be. I don't know. And I walk out in the atrium. Somebody's standing there. You know what they need? They need somebody to talk to. I can't say to those people, hey, why don't you come back next week? I'm really tired right now. I'm going to take a nap, and then I'll get back with you. That's exactly what the disciples are doing. Like Jesus is teaching, the crowds are there. The day's about to end, and they say, hey, you know what? You know, why don't you all come back? Send them away and come back another time. I wonder how many times in our lives that we didn't help people because we were just simply waiting for a more opportune time. We were thinking to ourselves, I'm busy. And look, I know these lines get really thin, really thin. Our calendars are full. We need margin. They're really thin. But we, we say, you know, I'll do it another day. Or, or you know what, go, go, maybe somebody else will help them. I think a lot of times we say this and we say, well, somebody else will help them. And we always wonder, why does God always send us people when we are absolutely covered up? That we've been burning the, the candle at both ends. We've been getting there early, staying late. We're beat. We're tired physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know why? Because sometimes God does his best work in us and through us when we're dog tired. And if we're waiting for times where we are not going to have anything to do when nothing, when the, the, the calendar's empty and, and you know, we're, we've got all kinds of margin. Those days will never come. So I need you to hear this, that God wants to use you in your busyness. He wants to use you in your busyness. He does. And your schedule, at your work, when you're covered up at the ball field, running kids here and there, school stuff, whatever it is, he wants to use you with your family, your friends, your neighbor. He does in the midst of your busyness. It's, he's not waiting for a time to where you don't have anything to do. He's going to do it when you're covered up. Second thing is this, is that following Jesus also often places us in situations beyond us. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. First service did, and I, I, don't, I, I wish they hadn't. So anyway, how many of you believe that God will only give you, or he won't give you more than you can bear? I said don't raise your hand, James. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate that. It's not a good place to lie, is it? I don't know where a good place to lie is, but this isn't it. So, You know where liars go, don't you? Washington, D.C. That's right. Yes, you got it. I'm teasing now. I'm teasing. All right. Sorry. Thanks, James. Anyway. All right. 
So many times we're taught, and we even say this, you know, hey, I know God won't give me more than I can bear. And the, the thought behind that comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where God says you won't be tempted beyond what you can stand, and, and I provide, I've, I'm providing a way out. But God often gives us more than we can bear. I want you to hear me on this. If God doesn't give you more than you can bear, why do you need him? Why would you need him? I don't need, I got this. I don't, I, this isn't more than I can bear. I can handle this. God often places us in situations that are beyond us. And sometimes, man, we hit despair or we're overwhelmed and everything like that. We ought to just get used to it. And we ought to, we, we, and I, I'm saying that because that, that's a scary place to be, but we ought to just know that that's coming, that sometimes he places us in situations that are simply beyond us that we don't have the resources of time, talent, or energy, or our treasure to do these things. And that is exactly what goes on here, that, that they say, send the, the crowd away. But Jesus said, you feed them. And I love this next thing that the disciples ask. We read this very politely, that they say, with what, brother Jesus? That's not what was happening here. This is an emphatic statement. With what? With what? How are we going to feed all these people? There were 5,000 men there. They think it was upwards of 15,000 plus people. And Jesus is saying, you guys feed them. They're dog tired. They, don't, they, don't, they can't see past their tiredness. And Jesus says, you feed them. And then they said, we'd have to work for months, eight months, eight months wages to earn enough money to feed all these people. And so many times in our lives, I'm telling you, God's going to place you in situations and he's going to say, you do it. And you know what you're going to say? With what? With what? I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have the talent. You need somebody else. You're certainly not talking to me. He's like, no, no, no. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, exactly you. I'm calling you to go help and go do it. And you're saying, this is beyond me. And let me tell you something. If you're in a place today where God is calling you and it's beyond you, you are in a great place. Because God's going to use you because he often puts more on us than we can bear so that we will turn to him, so that we will see his power, so we will see his plan, and we will give him glory by what we do. And too many times we just simply forget this thing that God's only going to give us more. And we go, no, no, he's going to give you more than you can bear. Which leads me to the third. Little becomes much when we give it to Jesus. Little becomes much when we give it to Jesus. Now, there's two heroes in this story. One is Jesus. And if you don't know anything about church, Jesus is always the hero of the story, okay? And the two is a little boy. The gospel accounts say that they asked, Jesus asked this question and said, how much do you have? How much bread do you have? And that's the question we get right here. How much bread do you have? Go and find out. Literally, Jesus says to them, go, exclamation point, see, exclamation point. And they came back and re reported, we have five loaves and two fish. One of the gospel accounts said a little boy brought them. Now, I don't know if it was five loaves and five fish, and he ate three on the way. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But it was five loaves and two fish. Seems like a ridiculous amount. What are they going to do with five loaves and two fish? What, what are they possibly going to do with this small amount? But little becomes much when we give it to Jesus. Little becomes much when we give it to Jesus. And see, here's the thing about following Jesus. Hear me, hear me on this. Too many times we think that Jesus is going to ask us to give something we don't have. 
Jesus never asks us to give what we don't have. He always asks us to give what we do. He always asks us to give. See, so many times we think, well, I don't have a million dollars. You don't have a million dollars. Well, guess what? Jesus is not going to ask you to give a million dollars. But if you got a hundred, he'll ask for a hundred. You say, I don't have 10, I don't have 10 hours. Jesus said, I'm not asking you to give 10 hours. I'm asking you to give 10 minutes. And you give 10 minutes. And you say, Well, I, I can't sing. I'm not good at singing. Listen, I'm still waiting for Cam to call me, y'all. It ain't happened yet to come sing. I can't sing. Well, guess what? Jesus is not asking you to sing. He's asking you to serve. He's asking you to lead. He's asking you to go. He's never asking you to give what you don't have. He's always asking you to give and asking me to give what we do have. Look at the scripture here. He says, we have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciple to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people, and he divided the fish for everyone to share. That out of this five loaves and two fish, Jesus is feeding people, feeding people, feeding people, feeding people, because little is always much when you give it to Jesus. We don't think it's much, but little is much when we give it to Jesus. When you give what you have, little is much when you give it to Jesus. You just keep giving it, giving it, giving it. You give what you have. Now, here's the part of the story that gets scary. What do you have? See, our lives are the summation of three things. I said this a couple weeks ago. It's summation of our thoughts, our words, and our actions, but it's also the summation of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And Jesus isn't asking you, hear me on this, hear me. He's not asking you to give what you don't have, but don't, don't miss this. He is asking you to give what you do. And you may say, I don't have much money. Give what you have. Now, I can say that, saying to you today that I don't want something from you. I want something for you. See, we all want to see the miracle, but a lot of times we don't want to give. We all want God to use us, but we want to be on the receiving end of that instead of sometimes it's on the giving end that we get it. That he's calling us with the resources that we have of time, talent, and treasure to give it to him. That we give it to Jesus. And we watch what he does with our resources of those areas. And he will do more than we ask or imagine. So what do you have today? When it comes to resources like this, when we talk about, and I'm going to start with the, what I think is the hardest one for people, is, is the, the part about treasure. Because people have this, this jaded thing that all the church wants is, say it again. Their money. All the church. I just want to share something. That's not all we want. We want all of you. As a matter of fact, I, I make a joke that sometimes people think when they get baptized, they're holding their wallet up and this arm's sticking out. You know, everything's going down except for that. I'm keeping this one. And we get all bent out of shape when it comes to resources, when it comes to money. I want to, I just want to be, I'm going to be quick here because I know we have some guests here. I don't want your money. I want you to place your faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to trust him with your life. Trust him with your life. And you can do that and your wallet's going to follow. But for the rest of us that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and we're trusting him, listen, our wallets need to follow. They just do. They need to follow. Jesus is saying, hey, what do you have? What do you have? And this is the part where people start pumping the brakes and pushing back. Whoa, hold on a second. I don't know about all that. But you know what's funny about that? Is that some people, 
It's not money. It's time. Man, we are so busy that you start asking people about time and everything like that. Man, they just start pumping the brakes. I'm pumping the brakes. I don't know about all that. I don't have time. And then some people, it's talent. We think, we think to ourselves, well, I got this talent. I could, I could use it for the Lord, but I'm just afraid somebody's going to use me. Jesus never calls us to give what we don't have. But he always calls us to give what we do. So what do you have? Which leads me to the fourth. When I give what I have to Jesus, everybody wins. Now, how many of you like to win? Anybody like to win? You're not Falcons fans, then, if you raise your hands anyway, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. We love to win. So I'm going to ask you a question. Who all ate in this story? Who ate? When I give what I have to Jesus, they all ate. They all ate. Who ate? As much as they wanted. Now, how many of you love those church buffets like that? We love those. You bring them one thing, you get all you want. You know what I'm talking about? I brought a box of chicken, man. I loaded up on everything else. They all ate as much as they wanted. Listen, hear me. When that little boy woke up that day, do you think he, he thought he was going to be part of a miracle? Do you think he woke up and said, I got five loaves and two fish, and God's gonna, he's going to feed 5,000 people with this today? No, he had no idea. He had no idea. He had no idea that God was going to use him. He just simply offered what he had to the Lord, to Jesus, and everybody wins. They all ate. The little boy ate. He ate probably way more than five loaves and two fish. You know who else ate? The, the disciples ate. It says that they were so busy they couldn't even eat, but they got to eat. All the people that were there, 15,000 plus people were there, they got to eat as much as they wanted. said leftovers were, were waiting around for everybody to take home on the way out. Here's the thing. You and I, listen to me. When we give what we have to Jesus, everybody wins. But if you're like me, when it comes to giving any of those areas, we always think, well, who's going to take care of me? You ever been there? So many times, man, I want to help people. And look, I... I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I held back a little bit first service, but I'm going to say, look, I want to be more generous. I feel like I'm pretty generous, but I want to be more generous. I want to be more generous with my resources. I want to give away more stuff. I do. I want this. This is my, my heart's desire. I want to do those things. I want to model that for you as your pastor. But more than that, I want to do it as a Christ follower. I just want to give away more. I want to be more generous. But you know what? We have this thought, like I see these needs that need to be met, and I start immediately thinking, well, if I give that, who's going to take care of me? You know who's going to take care of me? Jesus Christ. That's the same person that's going to take care of you. That here's the thing. If you're wondering, like, if I give what I had to Jesus and everybody wins, who's going to take care of me? Jesus is. He's going to take care of you. And sometimes, and I, you've heard me say, a lot of times he'll take me all the way to the edge and I feel like I'm about to fall. I'm about to go. Financially, I'm about to go. Or time-wise, I'm about to go. This is all going to crumble right in front of me. He takes me on and then he comes through. He's done it every time. I can tell you story after story where Leslie and I have done without. We've done without to give, to help somebody. And there's a bunch of people in this room done the same thing. And guess what? God's always taking care of us. Every one of my kids know the Lord. Every one of my kids love the church, that I live a blessed life, and he's helped me along the way. And listen, he'll do the same for you. It's not always easy and not always pretty, but God will take care of you. And if it's with time, then it's time. And if it's with talent, it's with talent. And if it's with treasure, it's with treasure. He's going to take care of you. Why wouldn't he? 
Hear me on this. Why wouldn't he? If you place your faith in him and you're trusting him, why wouldn't he take care of you? This past week, I was talking to one of the guys in the church that he was generous in an area. Truthfully, he's been generous for years. But he was in generous, generous in an area and, and, and he bought some Bibles for the church, some paperback Bibles for the church years ago. And this week, I gave one of those Bibles to somebody who didn't have one. And he was in the room and he saw it. And he got choked up. He said, I never dreamed when I bought those Bibles years ago that I would get to witness it being given to somebody who didn't have one. And you know what I told him? That God's always working a plan. I want you to hear me. But when you and I are generous and we give what we have to him, then we get to see it. You'll see it. You'll see it. You'll be part of it. It'll be because you're giving your time. You're giving your talent. You're giving your, you're going to see it. You're going to own it. And so here's my question to you as we end this today. I want you to get your connect card out. If you just humor me, if you're, if you're just, if you're just going to hold it up here. And I wrote on the back of mine, time, town, or treasure, time, town, or treasure. What's the hardest one for you? What's the hardest one for you? I'm going to tell you mine, but I want you to think about it for a second. What's the hardest one for you? You know the hardest one for me? Anyone want to hear it? Anybody want to hear the hardest one for me? Okay, great. Nobody does. All right, great. <laughs> we don't care about you. Mine's treasure. I like stuff. I can look at stuff. I may not buy it. I'll still look at it. I wonder what it would be like to have it. Sometimes I'll buy it. That's the hardest one for me right now. Maybe you're like me today. Maybe it's treasure for you. Or maybe the hardest one for you today is time. Man, you're busy. I get it. And you're thinking, man, I'm burning at both ends. I just don't know if I got time to help people. I don't know if I can turn my time over to the Lord. Maybe it's treasure. Maybe you got some gifts that, man, you've never let the Lord use. You've never used them for the church. You've never let the Lord use you. Maybe for whatever reason you were afraid to be used. I'm going to challenge you to do something today. I want you to write your hardest one on this card. Hardest one. So many times we start with what's easy. And here's the thing. When you start with what's easy, nothing ever changes. Start with what's hard. And make this decision that, you know what, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, you just write in a card, I'm going to work on that this week. And here's my commitment to you. You drop it in the basket on the way out, and I'm going to pray for you this week. And you know mine, you can pray for me. And I'll pray for you. But hear me on this. Everyone wins when we give what we have to Jesus Christ. Everyone wins. So what's holding you back? Let's give it to him. We're going to sing a song of decision, a time just for you. Maybe you want to come and pray. Up front, the altar's open. 
Or maybe you're going to sing a song of just declaration to the Lord that Cam's going to lead us in. But I'm going to pray for you first. Father, we come to you. Lord, I thank you that, um, first of all, for your word, that you give us stories like this that so easily remind us of what's important. Lord, I thank you that we've all got some measure of time, talent, or treasure. And you're not calling us to give what we don't have. You're calling us to give what we do. And so, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts today. And, Lord, I pray for the ones here today who are like me that treasure is a battle. I pray we would turn it over to you and give it to you. Lord, I pray for those here today that time is their struggle. That, Lord, they'll stop walking by needs to be met and they'll realize that you're calling them to meet those needs in the midst of their business. And then, Lord, I pray for those that talent is the issue. They have talents, that you've given them talents, and, and they know that, that they, they, could, they could use them for your glory, for your kingdom. Today, Lord, I pray that they would turn those over to you and say, here's what I, here's what I got, Lord. Here's who I am. Use me. Because I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles that I can partner with you. I want to see miracles that keep me awake at night and wake me up early in the morning. Of lives changed. Marriage is restored. Addictions broken. People come into faith in Jesus Christ. That's what I want. So Lord, we offer ourselves to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand?